recording now. Okay. Today is Sunday, December 19th, 2021. We will be reading from the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, pages 47 through pages 50 to page, through to page 50. Lynn Kay will be our reader followed by a 20 minute share by Kelly S. from Oklahoma. So Lynn, go ahead and start. Okay, good morning everyone. My name's Lynn, I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Besides a seeming inability to accept much on faith, we often found ourselves handicapped by obstinacy, sensitiveness, and unreasoning prejudice. Many of us have been so touchy that even casual reference to spiritual things made us bristle with antagonism. This sort of thinking had to be abandoned. Though some of us resisted, we found no great difficulty in casting aside such feelings. Faced with alcoholic destruction, we soon became as open-minded on spiritual matters as we had tried to be on other questions. In this respect, alcohol was a great persuader. It finally beat us into a state of reasonableness. Sometimes this was a tedious process. We hope no one else will be prejudiced for as long as some of us were. The reader may still ask why he, shouldn't, he should believe in a power greater than himself. We think there are good reasons let us have a look at some of them. The practical individual of today is a stickler for facts and results. Nevertheless, the 20th century readily accepts theories of all kinds, provided they are firmly grounded in fact. We have numerous theories, for example, about electricity. Everybody believes them without a murmur of doubt. Why this ready acceptance? simply because it is impossible to explain what we see, feel, direct, and use without a reasonable assumption as a starting point. Everybody nowadays believes in scores of assumptions for which there is good evidence, but no perfect visual proof. Does not science demonstrate that visual, visual proof is the weakest proof? It is being constantly revealed as mankind studies the material world, that outward appearances are not inward reality at all. To illustrate, the prosaic still girder is a mass of electrons whirling around each other at incredible speed. These tiny bodies are governed by precise laws, and these laws hold true throughout the material world. Science tells us so. We have no reason to doubt it. When, however, the perfectly logical assumption is suggested that underneath the material world and life as we see it, there is an all-powerful, guiding, creative intelligence. Right there, our perverse streak comes to the surface and we laboriously set out to convince ourselves it isn't so. We read wordy books and indulge in windy arguments thinking we believe this, earth, this universe needs no God to explain. Where our contentious contention were, were our contentions true, it would follow that life originated out of nothing 
means nothing, and proceeds nowhere. Instead of regarding ourselves as intelligent agents, spearheads of God ever, ever advancing creation, we agnostics and atheists chose to believe that our human intelligence was the last word, the alpha and the omega, the beginning and end of all. Rather vain of us, wasn't it? We who have traveled this dubious path beg you to lay aside prejudice, even against organized religion. We have learned that whatever the human frailties of various faiths may be, those faiths have given purpose and direction to millions. People of faith have a logical idea of what life is all about. Actually, we used to have no reasonable conception whatever. We used to amuse ourselves by cynically dissecting spiritual beliefs and practices when we might have observed that many spiritually minded persons of all races, colors, and creeds were demonstrating a degree of stability, happiness, and usefulness, which we should have sought ourselves. Instead, we looked at the human defects of these people and sometimes used their shortcomings as a basis of wholesale condemnation. We talked of intolerance, while we were intolerant ourselves. We missed the reality and the beauty of the forest because we were diverted by the ugliness of some of its trees. We never gave the spiritual side of life a fair hearing. Thank you so much, Lynn. Now I'd like to introduce our speaker. Our speaker today is Kelly S. Kelly S. is from Oklahoma, and she's going to um, share on the um, pages that we just read, and I'm very excited to hear what she has to say. So welcome, Kelly. Hey, guys. I'm Kelly S., Recovered Compulsive Eater and bulimic here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, really grateful to be on the line. First, I just want to qualify real quick because before I ever share, I like to um, ask God to help me speak to the newcomer um, or the person in relapse. And that's what this message is for. So um, just to make sure you guys know I qualify. Um, so pretty much have been, uh, you know, in this disease, I call it the disease my whole life. Um, didn't start really having a weight issue till probably middle school, but I always felt different from apart from everybody else. I'm 5'10". And uh, we're size 11, 12 shoes. So I'm not a, I'm not a small person. And so I've always compared myself. So I always thought I was fat, um, but I always felt different. And that's the thing, you know, it's that, that spiritual malady that I had no idea I was suffering from back then. Right. Um, started using food um, in middle school, you know, went on every diet, you know, just, you know, real quick, every diet you guys know, right. Diet pills, shots, um, weight loss programs. And, you know, all those things work until they quit working. And I just quit and I lost weight for all the important things, you know, starting high school, my first marriage, um, you know, everything. But of course the weight came back plus more. When I was 18, I um, saw, I'm 59. So uh, when I was 18, I saw an after-school special they used to have when there's only three channels um, about the horrors of anorexia and, uh, I was like, Hey, great idea. Right. So I could start binging and purging. I mean, to me, that was like, it, that opened up a whole nother part of my disease. And I started uh, bulimia and uh, 
So I got super, super thin with that. And my mother is a recovering alcoholic. She's got over 40 years in AA and Al-Anon. And uh, she took me to a meeting when I was 16, but I was like, oh, hell no. For real in a basement of a church, with the, which had a bunch of just fat old ladies, but you know, I was 16. So hell, they were probably 40. I don't know. But anyway, uh, when I was 20, you know, I was practicing my bulimia so bad and was 20 pounds underweight and was doing drugs, alcohol, sex, you name it to try to change the way I felt. And I couldn't get out of my sweats and get to school. And, uh, finally, you know, went back to OA and this is the truth guys. I never left never left. And in the rooms of OA, um, which I love the fellowship, but I will tell you meetings and fellowship don't fix us. Cause I, that's my story. Um, I went back even in my bulimia, even binging and purging when I would, you know, eat, I ended up 125 pounds overweight two or three times in the program in the rooms of OA. Um, the only thing I've ever done not the only thing, but one of the things I've done right in this room, in these rooms is I kept coming back, you know, I always want to, you know, kind of poo poo on the slogans, but there's some truth to that. You know, don't leave till the miracle happens because if you are the real compulsive overeater that is described in this book, I personally have never known anybody get it outside these rooms. Right. So I just kept coming back. And as it talks about right here in on page 48, alcohol, food is the great persuader, right? And I can't convince anybody. Nobody could convince me. I searched in these rooms for a solution. I didn't, you know, the God thing, I got it, but here's, the, I didn't really get it. I don't even know I said that. So what I, I thought was, I, I mean, I understood there's these 12 steps and God's mentioned. I got that part, right? But I thought the whole point of this program was to, um, you know, believe in this God thing, whatever, to get abstinent, right? And the other one is to get sober and the other one is to stop doing drugs, whatever. That's the whole point. But I didn't understand the whole point was we were putting down the food, the alcohol, the drugs, whatever it is to get this relationship with God, that these 12 steps, that, that putting down the food was just the beginning to work these steps for this spiritual malady. I had no idea. I did not understand, right? And so in these rooms, I searched for the perfect sponsor. I looked for, if I got this sponsor, then I could do it. If I went to this retreat, I would do it. If I went to this convention, I would do it. If I did what this person did, I would get it. If I did what, you know, and I never, I kept searching for this thing to fix me, this person to fix me. And, you know, all those things worked for a little bit. And then I would go back out, you know, and I would, I would eat again and um, gain my weight back, binging and purging, you know, so I know I could have been four or 500 pounds easily. Um, the thing I love about we agnostics, you know, and I never really studied that that much until, you know, probably seven or eight years ago, um, you know, the big book study um, that most people know about, it's daily, started listening and the whole idea of uh, going through this book and following instructions. I was like, I was so beaten down, but obviously not enough because that was seven or eight years ago. And I don't have eight years. I just want to let you guys know right now, I have a little over nine months of recovered abstinence out of um, a relapse after five years. Um, I just can't, I just couldn't seem to get the message that it was all about this relationship with a higher power, you know? And so I didn't think there were instructions in this book and I continued to listen 
because as I, the 30 years something I've been in this room, we always had little booklets that we would answer questions. And so that's how I knew I did my step. I'd answer the questions in the book, move on to the next. And I remember thinking, how am I applying this in my life? Oh, well, where's the next one? Check, check, check. I was just checking off my list of tools, my, um, my little booklets, and I'd move on to the next thing. So, um, you know, the thing was, I just kept searching. Thank God, actually. I'm grateful for that. So I want to tell you um, why this We Agnostics chapter, I'm so grateful I'm, we're on this paragraph, um, is a few, like probably nine, 10 months ago when I relapsed, what happened was, you know, I had recovered abstinence, but I got back into self-reliance, you know, I got back into self-reliance and, and I forget, I so forget that this is a daily reprieve Um contingent on the maintenance of my spiritual condition, not contingent on if I made three calls or if I went to a meeting every day, or if I did my writing homework every day. And those things are amazing. I need that accountability. I love that. However, those things didn't keep me connected to God. And, um, and even, I just want to share this with you, even right before this abstinence, this recovery, I, um, I, I was struggling and I heard people go, well, I spend 30 minutes with God every day. I'm like, that's the answer. I'll do that. Right. I'll do that. So I did that 30 minutes. I'd set my timer and, uh, guess what? That didn't fix me because I'm always looking for that thing and not that real connection, that real relationship, because, um, and we agnostics, you know, so much of this part we read, you know, talks about on 48 casting, aside the, the set aside prayer is right in this you know i mean they've taken it from all through the book there's not a set aside prayer in the book they've taken different things you know casting aside and then over on 49 it talks about lay aside prejudice you know so i started hearing this message that this isn't a new message it's never a new message it's where i'm at right the message i heard was it's not a lack of desire it's lack of power it's lack of power i desired to be absent i desired to be in recovery. I desire to have all these things that people had. I just didn't have the power. And until I got that power and that connection, you know, I wasn't going to be able to sustain any of this recovery. And so I had to set aside what I've been doing all this time, you know, and it was like my sponsor that I have now, you know, her thing was, you know, I had to find this relationship with God, whatever that concept was. Right. And I was definitely, you know, that thing about you know, I'm in Oklahoma. I'm in the Bible Belt. You know, we have Oral Roberts University here with big, ginormous praying hands and um, all kinds of stuff. And so I just, you know, I, I definitely have this prejudice about it. And, you know, I just had to lay all that aside. And she said, you know, you got to find this relationship with whatever this power is and just make it your BFF. You know, God has to be your BFF. God has to, you have to know God has your back throughout the day. So still I commit to that 30 minutes of of time with this God, but I have to connect all day long throughout the day. So one of the things that, um, you know, my new sponsor showed me in working with others, it talks about the new man has to be willing to live by spiritual principles, right? Nobody ever pointed that out to me. And I know that sounds crazy. And you're thinking, why wouldn't you? I don't know. But my first 20 years in program, I was having affairs with people in the rooms, you know, and not knowing why I wasn't getting it. Because nobody, the whole spirit, it wasn't that I didn't want to be spiritually principled. I just didn't think about it. And uh, the whole idea of being honest and living with integrity and living life different. So what the message for me today is, you know, that I have to have this higher power 
So, okay, what's, how, how am I going to get that? Well, it's this book and these steps. So the book isn't the answer. The steps aren't the answer. They are just my, like people say, my treasure, you know, map to God, right? So I got to quit thinking the big book. Oh my God. And it's these 12 steps. These things are supposed to get me to a relationship with God so I can deal with my life on a day-to-day basis. So I heard this um, couple things when I was talking about, you know, um, these demonstrations. Um, we see people spiritually minded demonstrating a degree of stability. I was listening to this AA speaker the other night um, and he's got like 30 something years and he's an attorney. And he was talking about when he first came in that, you know, he's an evidence-based career, right? I mean, that's what he does. And he couldn't argue the evidence that people were getting better and living better lives based on this. So it's like, I want to sit here and think, how does this work? I mean, I don't even get it. How does believing in a God that I can't even understand or explain, and nobody can even really prove it to me, how does that work? Well, what difference does it make? There are demonstrations, pure evidence of people's lives being transformed in these rooms. I mean, in AA, in, in rooms where there's people whose lives are being transformed. What I think is really crazy is in my disease, not once did I ever stop doing what I was doing because it didn't make sense. But then I want to understand God and make sense of God. Like, this doesn't make sense. I mean, this is stupid. What is all that? What do I have to do all this stuff? Like, but then I binged and purged, you know, five, six times a day. I, you know, I would choke and think I was going to die, but binge and purge again, right? I was over 125 pounds overweight, but I kept eating. None of that freaking made sense. Did that stop me? No, you know, but, oh, wait, like, well, how does this God thing work? I don't know. I want to figure it out before I start, you know, like what the hell? I never did that in my disease, but now here I am in my abstinence or trying to be abstinent, trying to be in recovery. And I want to make sense. Well, you know what? I can just go out on faith that it's working and I see evidence in these rooms. And I also heard another speaker. I've always remembered this. So this is kind of like, he took a twist off this whole Christian thing where somebody said, well, what if you live your whole life and then you die and you're going to go to heaven and you're at the, at the gate and you find out there's, what if you think there wasn't a God? And what if you die in there? And then you find out there was, and I was like, well, whatever. But um, this guy said, so what if you live your life, your whole life, on spiritual principles, on faith, and a higher power, you get to the end of your, and, and you know, you're absent, you're sober, whatever, you're living, you know, being of service, you get to the end of your life, and you, and you die in there, and you find out there's not a God. Well, guess what? You lived a life of spiritual principles, of being of service, of freedom, of peace, and I thought, that's so true, because I kept thinking, what if there's not a God? Well, what if there's not? But in the meantime, I'm going to have a lot better life. I can be free today from, you know, that's that's the thing is like today I'm abstinent. You know, I'm maintaining a normal body weight. I have neutrality. Those step 10 promises have come true for me again, which, you know, when you go back out there, you just can't even imagine that that you can have that freedom again. And, you know, and today I'm working with other people. I'm taking people through the steps. You know, I, my daughter, my three-year-old uh, grandson and son-in-law are staying with us for about two or three weeks between their houses, closing and stuff. So I get a lot of opportunities to do 10 steps and live, and, you know, try to live by spiritual principles. And it's tough, you know, and I just think, um, you know, I, I just need to give the same consideration to this God thing that I did to my disease, you know, um, it was hard for me to even 
call it God. I don't know. It's like, I always thought there was some kind of God. I don't know. But then even when I first, when I came in this room, I found myself being shy or not shy. I don't know about like shying away from the idea of God of wanting to not scare newcomers away, not scare people like, Oh my God. It's Cause you know, you hear people's stories. I heard that God word not is out of here. Well, then I found myself like not wanting to talk about it, but that's what this program is all about. I mean, everything in it, you know, talks about the whole point of this entire program is to get a relationship with a higher power, whatever that is. And that's what I love about Bill. I'm like, Bill is so cool because I mean, obviously divinely inspired because here on 49, it's all, and it's all through the book, different words that he uses and he capitalizes them all powerful, guiding, creative intelligence, and they're all capitalized. So we can use whatever word. I mean, even Bill said that, you know, it's like, I mean, yeah, there's some, you know, religious references to here, but all those things, I just think I can pick whatever word. It's just easier to say God now for me than to say higher power. But it's like, I have to let people know. So lack of power, it tells us right from the beginning, lack of power is my dilemma. So I have to find a power greater than myself. I've been struggling my whole life. So if that is my problem, it's not lack of desire. It's not lack of trying. It's not lack of a good sponsor or lack of a good food plan. All those things are important, but it's lack of power is my dilemma. Not that I'm fat, not that I'm bulimic. It's lack of power because I don't know how to freaking do life, right? And so, you know, I had to lay aside all those prejudices. It, you know, my terminal uniqueness is sometimes it's worse when you've been in these rooms forever because I've gotten all these different messages. But you know what? I do. To this day, I still do the set aside prayer every day. Um, before I get out of bed, because every day my thinking blocks me, I get blocked. I mean, that's really the whole point of all these steps really is to get unblocked so that we can get to this, this power, this higher power, you know, so that I can do life. So I don't have to go back to the food. And, you know, it's like, so that's what I have to do the set aside prayer every day as it talks about, you know, um, and quit asking questions. And again, I say that I, I know I'm being, repetitive, but it's that same thing as quit. I didn't stop and ask questions when I was in my disease. I just have to take the steps and do the work based on faith. And then first I did it based on seeing the results with you guys. You guys are telling me that not only you're abstinent, that you had neutrality. That was huge. That's what really, what kept me here is like, you actually you're telling me that you're abstinent and you have peace around food. And like, that's not your every thought, you know? Um, so that's why I first started doing it. And then when I started realizing, you know, there's actually that ease and comfort I can find in higher power that I looked for in people, which is still a struggle for me. Uh, people's opinion of me is still a struggle for me. All those things that really were the issues, you know, that food was just the, the solution as we hear all the time. So now it's like, you know, I have to set aside all that work, all those crazy blockages, Every day I get unblocked. And I know you guys have heard that thing about the dimmer switch. You know, as I work this, I get more unblocked. And it's like the dimmer switch going up, up, up. And, um, you know, I just get things. I, it gets brighter. I see more, you know. And I just, you know, there is evidence. And then the cool thing is it starts happening for me, right? I start getting that neutrality. Those promises start happening for me. I get more evidence, you know. It's like. Even today, working with a sponsee before here, it was like we talk about how um, I had a, had to do a 10-step on a good friend last night who I love, but I have a really struggle with. 
And then I get a reading this morning about it. Like, what the hell did God come down, like do a page just for me? You know, it's like, those are those demonstrations. And then she's reading something to me that I'm just like, oh my God, read that again. I needed to hear that. You know, it's like, I see demonstrations constantly that this God, this higher power is working in my life. You know, my sponsor says, look for ways that your higher power, whatever that power is for you is, is showing up in your life. You know, she's a teacher and she'll say, you know, she'll tell her kids, go outside and look for bugs, right? If you go out and look for bugs, you're going to find bugs everywhere. It's like when I was pregnant, there were pregnant women everywhere. Like what the hell, where'd all these pregnant people come from? It's like whatever we, we decide to look for. So I can sit here, like it talks about um, on, where was it? 49. I don't know where it talks about, you know, the 40, 50, whatever, looking for the, the bad things about rape. Now, I was the most intolerant. So here I am. Okay. I am now, I was married for 17 years to my ex-husband and have kids. I've been now married to a woman for 24 years. Right. So um, I'm this really, so this, I'm this really super cool, open-minded. I'm not gay. Just happen to love this spirit. Right. I'm so wonderful. I go to unity. I'm so great, but I become judgmental and toler intolerant of judgmental and intolerant people. Why can't they just be open like me? So I find myself being that way. And so instead, I just need to have that open mind and, and not be intolerant of all this stuff and just realize, just do the work, right? You know, to go out and look for ways this higher power is working, whether it's, I see it in you, I see it in my sponsees, you know, I can see it in a sunset, I can see it wherever and not look for the reasons not to believe in God. That's what I always did. These are the reasons not to believe in God. So I don't know if somebody's timing me, but I think that's, I didn't set a timer, but that seems, I can't hear you, Maria. I thought I was, um, we're at time now. Okay, cool. I'm okay. Like, we're not things to say, <laughs> but thank you. I just, I'm super grateful to be here. Grateful for my recovery today and that I uh, get to talk about God because that is the solution today. Glad to be here. Thanks, guys. All right.